Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, um, so DJ's, that was kind of a low high read on the corner. Um, we had LaVisca in the flat. Uh, if the corner got any depth, we'd throw it to him and hope that he's going to go run somebody over. Or if he bit up, that we'd be able to throw a touchdown to DD. I mean, uh, DJ. And then um, the one to Keelan, man, that was a great play design uh, by Coach Gruden. He kind of snuck out the back door and uh, was wide open. I was, that, that was the ones he loved to throw. That's what I like to hear because I thought so. I thought those were two well-designed plays. Yep. What I didn't understand completely as it was happening was there was actually an option to throw it to Chenault. Like, I thought he was pretty much uh, a disguise there, you know, a decoy. Yep. And and the fake to go to DJ. But I love both of those touchdown plays. I mean, and, and uh, if you go to the third touchdown, the one by Chenault, not the third in sequential order, but the other touchdown we're not talking about. Uh, reminder that Tyler Reifert was like wide open too. They had two options. So on the three touchdowns, they looked like really good design plays to get people open, bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love the, the option part of that, right? Because you know what that means, Brent? It means that Jay Gruden has trust in his quarterback. Anytime you throw an option route in there, it's like, hey, Gardner, I trust your vision. I trust your instincts. You go where, where you think you should go in this route, right? Sometimes you see quarterbacks who are super young where it's like, all right, you look here. If that's covered up, you look over here. If that's covered up, throw the ball away, right? Like they don't have a lot of freedom. It seems like hearing Jay Gruen talk there or hearing Gardner Minshew talk there but about that offense, it seems like there's a lot of freedom in place, which is a good sign um, in having trust in your quarterback. You know what was interesting? Uh, I felt like that Gardner – Got to several reads on plays. Mm. Did you feel that too? Yeah. And by the way, when you get to several reads, he was still completing passes. I mean, listen. Because he only missed one. He got to several reads, but also he is to the point now where he's, you know, checking down. Well, he's not checking down, but he's like looking off the receivers, right? Like he's using his eyes now. So like if you're a corner, if you're a safety, if you're a linebacker, you watch where the quarterback's looking, right? And usually where the quarterback's looking, where the ball's going to go. You saw it with Philip Rivers twice, where he just literally stared down his receiver the whole time. Interceptions. Gardner Mitch is now, he's playing mind games, Brent, right? Like he's, 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 he's in, he's living rent free right now in Colts defenders' heads because he's looking at one receiver and all of a sudden he looks back down and throws to the, the real target. Like that's, that's a savvy veteran move right there. I Absolutely. Like hey, Allen Robinson apparently has done the, well, new athlete thing. <laughs> I can't wait till I can do this to ESPN 690 <laughs> after my contract's up. I'm just going to take all my ESPN 690 stuff off. Take it off the yeah. uh, social. It seems like a lot of work. I know. Like, <laughs> it seems like way too much work. And it, then someone's got to notice it, too, right? So they took off Instagram and, yeah. and Alan Robinson, you know. And now, let's see. Uh, did I miss the part they asked for a trade? That's what Chicago Tribune says. Alan Robinson didn't just remove the Bears from his social media accounts. He asked to be traded. How about that? Wow. After week one of the season. Interesting. Dang. Uh, Robinson, final year of a three-year, $42 million deal, which, which, by the way, 
I, I, I'm a big fan of A-Rob. Uh, but I will say this, and, and Allen, I think, has performed, right, that contract, and he lived up to the contract. But you got to yeah. give credit to Chicago, too. Chicago threw him a lot of money coming off an ACL. I mean, yeah, they, I mean that's it, was, a, it, was, it was a gamble. That's a chance, man. I mean, that was a gamble. Doing a $14 million a year contract for for a guy that, you know, listen, he had had good seasons, no doubt, but he was coming off an ACL. Yeah. He, and he wasn't Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of name, stature, or, the, or Julio Jones. I mean, he wasn't that guy no, no, in terms no. of the but, NFL. But he's still a quality one receiver. Right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's proven to be. playing here in Jacksonville, let's be honest. For the time that he was here, he wasn't that household listen, name. Listen, I wish they kept him. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, that's why, again, I like A-Rob. I'm yeah. just saying this organization, Chicago, I don't know the divide, right? You don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But they took a chance on him and gave him a pretty healthy contract. And and to his credit, he lived up to it. Mm-hmm. And now he wants out because he doesn't have a new deal. San Fran. How um, interesting timing for this, right? Is that kind of weird timing after week one <laughs> that they come back and win a game and then all of a sudden you take everything down? Yeah. Two, two thoughts. Let's get on the A-Rob thing in a moment. But mm-hmm. I actually have this this social media stuff. <laughs> Do you think it's actually coached up now by the agents and marketing people? Man. Really by the agents? It's happening all the time. I mean, Ramsey yeah. did it. It's it, it, it not, He's not the only one. It, it feels like, okay, you know what I call it. I, I mean, I think it's seventh and eighth grade kind of stuff. And I, we, it's we unbelievable. Share that same opinion. It's it's like is this really a thing? Like are we living in a real world? Like in a job where you make fifteen million dollars a year, yeah. we're, we're we're showing our displeasure by taking our unfollowing yeah. the team you play for. Listen. Like I, that is a thing. Again, yeah. I'm a big but fan I'm, of a Rob. <laughs> I think this is just like the new wave of like uh, it's part of the ploy. I think it's part of the plan. Show your displeasure, unfollow them, get people talking. You know, then go ask for the trade. All this stuff. It's it's like part of the great escape now. If you're an athlete. Yeah, I mean, listen. I honestly hope that that's not the case, right? Like, I I hope that there aren't agents out there and PR people saying, all right, well, they're not going to give you your money. So you know what it is now. Plan B, let's go ahead and go on that Twitter, Alan. Let's go ahead and go on Instagram and delete everything. And then meanwhile, you have some, like, conspiracy theorist NFL Bears fan that's like Al Pacino and Serpico, where it's like, I got to analyze everything. Did you see this? He just deleted all his Bears stuff? I, I got to alert the authorities immediately. You know, like, someone does that. You know, like, so, someone. But I think a- they tip Al Pacino off yeah. is my point. Like, yeah. I think this is part of the two-step is, plan or something. I mean, listen, this is man. crazy. I don't know what would disappoint me more, I guess. I don't know if I'd be more disappointed in the fact that the agencies are the ones that are responsible or or if this new modern era NFL athlete thinks that he's really going to stick it to his current team when he unfollows them and takes down all the pictures that they had together. Like, dude, this this isn't... And once again, I love Alan Robinson, man. Don't get it twisted. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a big fan of A-Rod. Yeah. really am. I, I think this is more broader picture. This isn't just about A-Rod. It's happening so many times yeah. that this unfollow and all this stuff, that yeah. it's like, I feel like it's part of the modern-day agent but like, whatever, this is, you know? This is like high school. You broke up with your girlfriend, and now you're trying to like delete everything. It is. You know what I'm but saying? But it gets people talking. I guess. You know what yeah. I mean? I guess my mom asked me what was going on when I did that. I, maybe. I don't know, man. It's just... To me, it's petty, petty, petty stuff. Um, will it get any any results? I don't know. We're talking about it, so congratulations. I guess mission accomplished. But, man, like, I could just – listen, I, I always try to understand the modern era NFL athlete, Brent, the modern athlete in general, but this is one thing that I just can't come around on. Let me ask you this about A-Rob. Again, big, uh, big Allen Robinson fan. 
and he's lived that. Listen, look what he's done. I mean, you know, 548 yards his rookie year, but then he goes that big monster year, right? 1400 yards, yeah. 14 touchdowns, uh, which was just tremendous. I, I think uh, I saw today CBS Sports tweeted out only player in the game, active receiver that's done that. Mm-hmm. 1,414. Uh, yeah, and he's and done think it, about all the receivers in the game. Correct. And he's done in Chicago now, too, with a quarterback who hasn't been He's done it really his entire career no. with lack of quarterback play, let's be yeah. honest. Uh, 883 yards and six touchdowns in 16. Then he obviously goes out on, like, the first play, uh, essentially, um, in 17. And since then, in Chicago, he's got 55 catches, 754, four touchdowns, 98 catches last year, another 1,000-yard receiving year, and seven touchdowns. So he's had two unbelievable years, really, mm-hmm. and um, other really good years. Like, how, where in the pantheon of receivers is A-Rob? You know, the one thing I noticed, and Kuz said this, too, when we were doing our fantasy football draft, <laughs> it strikes you how many receivers are in the game. Yeah. Like, good receivers. Yep. Now, there's the upper echelon guys, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But then there are a lot of quality, quality receivers that mm-hmm. could become those guys. Sure. Um, and, shoot, if you're not three deep at your receiving core, you're behind Correct. right now. I mean, three legit deep, too, not just the body. So, I mean, A-Rob, where does he fit? Yeah. I mean, he's a four, three-year, $42 million guy. Has he tacked on to that? See, I honestly, and I'm trying to be unbiased as possible here, but I think he has because, unfortunately, you know how it works as a wide receiver. You're only as good as your quarterback allows you to be, okay? When Al Robinson was in Jacksonville and Blake Burles was throwing those jump balls, I mean, they weren't the most perfect throws, but Al Robinson showed his ability to go up there and get it. Like, How many 50-50 balls did we see Al Robinson win in Jacksonville? It was like on a, on a it was daily. It was like on a. It was like every play. It was a weekly basis. It felt we like every play. One. Exactly. It was on a weekly basis. And then he and he's go, doing the same in Chicago. He's doing the same in Chicago, but he's also like, listen, that offense last year for Chicago, it was it was abysmal. Okay, it was it was an embarrassment. And you have a head coach with Matt Nagy who comes from you know an offensive minded philosophy, and they weren't getting the job done. And one could argue, I mean, is Mitchell Trubisky right on the same echelon of Blake Bortles, right? I mean, now he had a good first game, and Trubisky did. We'll see if he can continue that. But when you're bringing Nick Foles in to try to replace you, I don't know how good you really are. So I guess I feel a little bad for Allen Robinson because even in Chicago, even in a big market, he's still not that household name just because he's played with quarterbacks. Like, you want to say, like, Leonard Fournette, if I get to play with a real quarterback? I think Allen Robinson wants to say You think he wants to say, hey, I want to play with a real quarterback for once and see what that's all about. I'm going to give you the top. Sorry, to answer your question, I I would put him top ten for sure, um, an argument for a top eight. Okay, well, he wants a new deal. I get it because this is his final year. But he is paid top 10. 2020 yeah. receivers. you got Julio Jones, $22 million. Amari Cooper, 20. Oh, yeah, we're getting Amari Cooper in a moment. Yeah. A.J. Green, 17.86, and he's not the old A.J. Green. But that's the franchise tag, though, speaking for Oh, us. that's true. Good point. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans. No. Mike Evans yeah, be Mike considered, Evans right, better yeah. receiver. You take Mike Evans. Yeah. Most people would. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 16.29. You know what yeah. uh, T.Y. Hilton, 14.5. Yeah. I'd take Allen Robinson all day over T.Y. Hilton, I think. I feel like I would, too. Mm-hmm. And Hilton is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Odell Beckham's making 14. Odell Beckham's sliding, too, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jarvis Landry's making 13. I would take Allen Robinson probably over him. Would you? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Devontae Adams is 12.8. No, I'm sick. I think Adams. And in between is Allen Robinson. Allen's 13. Where's, where's Adam Thielen on that? 
Uh, I don't know. Okay. That, well, that was just the top 10. Gotcha. Okay. So that, that gives you an idea. Yeah. What's interesting here, I'm going to give you a, a four year career totals. Nope. Nope. I'm going to give you career totals over two, four, six years. Yeah. So they've been in the league, uh, pretty much the same amount of time. Um, Amari Cooper <laughs> has 367 catches for 5,100 yards in his career. That's 14 yards per catch, 33 touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson has 360 for 48.23, so a shade uh, below, 13.4 yards a catch, so shade below, and exactly 33 touchdowns. And that guy's making 20 million a year. So if I'm Allen Robinson, and he's played with a lot better players around, I mean a lot better offenses too. Uh, And if I'm Allen Robinson, I'm looking around, being like, well, that guy's making 20. Yeah. I mean, Michael, where was Michael Thomas on that list, by the way? Oh, well, he's got to be top now. He's number one after that new deal, right? Yeah, but maybe it's just the way it's spread out in 2020. I look okay. up 2020 highest paid receivers. Okay. But, yeah, Michael Thomas is in that he's conversation mm-hmm. uh, in terms of by year at least. So he's got – if Amari Cooper's got – what, was that a five-year, $100 million deal? Yeah. I mean, Allen Robinson is – Well, and, and once again, look at who's Cooper. I mean, Cooper played in Oakland back when they had – I think Gruden was there and then Derek Carr. Might have been before Gruden, but Carr had a good year yeah. in there. And then obviously you're in Dallas now where I they have like a lot Cooper's of firepower. Been- Highly inconsistent. Yeah, to be honest with he you. He has big games like, and then he fades. I mean, I don't think Jerry Jones had a choice to keep everybody together, especially what he gave up and all that stuff. Yeah. But to me, he's overpaid. Like, yeah. if if I was a G, I'm not sure I'd be willing to give Allen Robinson 20 million a year. Yeah. Listen. But but the fact that Cooper signed one elevated the pricing. L- listen, if I'm Allen Robinson, and I know dang well that I'm probably not gonna get my my cash here in Chicago, I am definitely requesting a trade. Then I'm getting out, man, because I'm gonna die here in Chicago. Like. To be fair, the wide receiver, they depend on what? They depend on receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Is he going to get all those there in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball? Probably not. So the least you can do for him then is, listen, if I'm Allen Robinson, I'm not getting paid, let me go someplace where I can get paid. Let me go to San Francisco, play at a high-powered offense, and let Jimmy G throw me some catches. You know what I'm saying? So, I I mean, listen, and then once again, regardless what Bears fans think it's a distraction, all this stuff, you guys have won the game, yada, yada, yada. Okay, I get that point. But Al Robinson right now is making a business decision. And he's saying either you pay me here in Chicago, or if you don't, I'm not going to get paid anywhere else because I can't get the stats here. You guys don't let me, you guys are not setting me up for success. So with that being said, then let me go be successful someplace else and let me show my worth. There's nothing worse than a fo- uh, to a football player that cannot show his worth because the environment that, he in, that he's in doesn't allow him to do that. Yeah, and I can see it from his point of view. Uh, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, I always want to ask the question, but I think it's too early to tell. Like, would you rather have DJ Chark or Allen Robinson? But it's, it's kind of early to tell. I mean, let's, we, DJ did it for one year. Allen Robinson's now had six, seven years in the league. Yeah. I, I think you got to see a little bit more. Um, I don't know if, do you see something from a skill set standpoint? It's like, okay, I mean, the upside of Chark, given what we've seen now, looks pretty darn high. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, it comes down to youth. Um, versus experience, and it comes down to the injury history, a little bit of Allen Robinson with that ACL. Um, yeah, it's it, just the one it, year, though. Yeah, I know, but if you ask me right now who I, who I would take to build a franchise with, I mean, you almost got to go Chark, right? You have to go with the yeah, younger just guy. Just because he's younger. That's why yeah. I don't know if it's a fair comparison. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think I, it's, I, I don't think there's enough sample size on Chark mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's the number one guy for Chicago, Allen Robinson is. He's the number one guy for Jacksonville, DJ Chark is. But let me ask you this, though. 
who do you think has a better shot of being number one someplace? Well, like, that's what I'm trying to think of it, right? Yeah. I don't know if he – well, probably Allen. Yeah. Right? Right mm-hmm. now. That's why I think Chark has more to prove before you would say you'd go to another team and bump somebody out of the way. Like, if, if you go – if you bring – Amari Cooper's a great example, okay? If you bring DJ Chark to Dallas, Amari Cooper's probably still the number one guy, right? No doubt. Correct. If you bring Allen Robinson to Dallas – Alan well, Robinson might have a competition. Might be, so I think that probably answers the question as of right now. There you go. You know, yep. uh, it's a fair shake. Speaking of the Jaguars wide receivers, DJ Shark, no doubt the number one guy and continues to blossom. Man, just looks apart. Doesn't he look smooth? Mm-hmm. This is like you talk about trust and you want a guy to make a play. Mm-hmm. I feel like giving the ball, like almost couldn't get him the ball enough. Uh, and that becomes a part of this for Jay Gruden. He, he had 20 pass attempts, did Minshew and he completed 19. Ten different receivers caught the ball. So I'm not saying people are going to get mad at that. Everybody's got to get theirs. But it also is like Chark might not have this huge year because is he going to get 10 targets in a game? You know, that's part of it at that position. Yeah. Jaguars have a lot of places to go. After Chark, what's the order of receiver? <sighs> so you got Chanel Conley, Keelan Cole, who really has emerged. Yeah. And somewhere along there was a healthy scratch D.D. Westbrook. You know what? And Colin Johnson, who for this part of the conversation, I'm going to put Colin Johnson at the back end. Yeah. Although he did play and D.D. Westbrook did not. Yeah. So if you want to slide him around, you're more than welcome to. But who follows D.J. Chark in the order if you were to rank him two, three, four wide receivers? Listen, here's the thing, and this is a great problem to have. Because I can make arguments for LaVisca Chenault. I can make arguments for Chris Conley, and I can make a little argument probably for Keelan Cole and say why they're the two receiver based on the routes that they ran, based on what they were asked to do that first game of the season, and based off their skill set. I can make a case for three guys, really two guys, Keelan Cole, uh, but I can make a case for two guys, Conley and Chenault. This is a great problem to have, though, because if I ask you the same question on the New Orleans Saints, outside of Michael Thomas, who's a two receiver on the New Orleans Saints? Alan Kamara. Maybe <laughs> outside of outside of, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, if it's even Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, who's number two receiver. And this is my point. Like, if you have variety, not only is it the spice of life, but it's also the spice of a wide receiver group. Right. Like, I think right now in New England, I'm sorry, in uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. You either Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Those are one and two, one and two, one and two. You stop those guys. You have a good chance to win when you have a variety of guys who do different things well and you throw them on the field at the same time, that's hard to game plan for. So as I sit here right now, I would probably say it's Chenault. But once again, I can make an argument for Conley and maybe Keelan Cole. And you know what? That's a great argument to have. I actually, I'm going to say this, okay? This might surprise you. But I think going into week two against the Tennessee Titans, I think Keelan Cole's our number two guy. Really? I, I, I think he had such a good camp. And five more receptions on five targets. The other day, including a touch. And sometimes, by the way, that happens. I'm not saying they intended to go to him that much, because if so, you'd have DJ Chark with the most targets and catches. Mm -hmm. But I think he continues to show something here in 2020 that with a consistent effort, too, that he hasn't shown in his career. He's been inconsistent. He's had great moments, but he's been inconsistent and then almost went off the radar last year. So I think right now, I think he's the two guy, and I think he had the second among second most snaps in the game. So I think they might believe he's the second guy. Mm -hmm. 
And then I actually think Chenault would be the third guy right now because he does so much. Yeah. I think he's in there. If you want flavor to your offense, Chenault has to be in the game. Mm. He's somebody you got to keep an eye on. Wildcat, line him up and hand it off in the backfield, run out like that touchdown to Chark where he's a threat on the outside and a decoy almost or an sure. option. And and then I have Conley. And then I what I really don't know is I don't know where D.D. Westbrook fits. Mm-hmm. Like, is D.D. Westbrook going to be up this week? I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. Because you got... Especially with, I, if you have a Colin Johnson, the thing that about body. Colin Johnson, I'm not saying Colin Johnson is better than D.D. Westbrook. I don't, I don't think so. The resume doesn't. Yeah. That's not. You can't say that. But let's but see Colin what he Johnson the is the variety. Yeah, he's yeah. a six-six guy who does a backflip in the victory formation. That's right. So he, I think they need him on there to say, hey, in the red zone here, we might. This look will be great. Yeah. Um. So that's why I think that's more of a game plan thing. I'm not saying he's better than, but I think it's a game plan thing. And it's interesting to keep an eye on D.D. Westbrook here now. This mm-hmm. is assuming everybody stays healthy. But how much is D.D. Westbrook even playing mm-hmm. in the early part of this year is is a curious question. This is, though, what I love for Jay Gruden because it's always been Jay Gruden's M.O. And it's the first thing I really said when he came to Jacksonville. It's that he loves to spread the ball around. I think sometimes, whether you're like the New Orleans Saints or, or your teams that have like this bona fide one receiver, like you feel the need, whether it's how much money you're paying him or just how good he is to get that guy the ball. Right now, it worked in Arizona, game week one. I mean, Hopkins had like 15 catches and that worked out fine. But my point is, sometimes your offense revolves around, well, you have to get the number one receiver the ball. Now, when Gruden came out and said with uh, DJ Chark, we're going to put him in the slot a little bit, we're going to move him around, that led me to believe that, all right, the the script is going to follow DJ Chark getting his receptions and then everybody else following in line. But what we're seeing, at least, and once again, it's only week one, so everybody relax a little bit. But what we've seen so far is that, it doesn't matter if you're a one receiver, a three receiver, uh, a fullback. If you fit the script, you'll get yours as well. And once again, I, I like that. I like the fact that game planning that is going to be nearly impossible because anybody can. It's the it's the Kansas City Chiefs effect. Now, obviously, Kansas City probably has a little more talent at the receiver position, the tight end position, even at the fullback position, if you will. But what makes Kansas City so tough? Like, yes, they have the speed, they have the Tyreek Hill, they have the Travis Kelsey, but you never know who's going to get that ball. And Andy Reid has plays designed for everyone. You get the sense right now that Jay Gruden has plays designed for everybody on that receiving core, fullbacks alike and tight ends alike, whereas like you take what the uh, what the defense gives you and then you go from there. Yeah, I like what you're saying. I, it's, it's like comparing anything we say to Tom Brady, comparing it to the Kansas City Chiefs right now. But I, I love yeah, what you're yeah, saying yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of the, the thought process, the concepts, and what you could do. And I think you're right because – there's no doubt they ran a play for Conley. Like, mm-hmm. they ran that play so they could get Conley in involved because he was really not involved. And it wasn't his fault. It wasn't anybody else's fault. They had other guys making plays. James Robinson running the ball. Well, they didn't have a ton of plays to begin with. And on top of that, I believe the guy that they can get a heck of a lot more involved that they did the other day is Eifert. Yeah. I, believe, I still have to check on this. I'm going to check on this the next day. But... I believe if you watch that, when they watch that in the film room, I bet they were super impressed with what Eifert did on Sunday. My guess is. I don't know. I haven't heard that from anybody yet. But but I think Eifert seemed open on some plays. I think he played really well. And I think he's going to be, could be a big part of this if they'll identify him and get him the football. Uh, Stat boy coming through. Mike Clay. He's alive. Tweeted this. And so he just shared. And I, I think, oh, wait, uh, I think I'm wait. right. 
Mike Clay Statboy? No, Mike, oh, but he's sharing Stat- us a tweet from gotcha. Mike Clay. He okay. says, Jaguars overhauled wide receiver room. Here's the percentages <laughs> of snaps per next gen. Okay. DJ Chark, 83%. Keelan Cole, 70%. Mm. LaVisca Chenault, 62%. Chris Conley, 30%. Colin Johnson, 19%. And D.D. Westbrook inactive. You were right then, man. I was right, and I didn't see that, by the way, beforehand. I'm, I sure, I'm sure you didn't. No, but... well, I, I had heard that Keelan Cole had the second most snaps. I got you. Ty um, Stapway, by the way, isn't he? What's that? Ty, <laughs> Ty, Ty Stapway. Shouldn't he be in school right now? <laughs> I guess it's good. Uh, nah, they're out. Yeah, they're Hopefully out. Hopefully it's at baseball tryouts unless it's raining All once right. again down in the uh, Best of luck to Ty. Uh, well, here's a surprise, though. I didn't realize Colin Johnson was in for that many snaps. Wait, how many was it again? 19%. So he's yeah. in a quarter of the, uh, a fifth of the plays. I didn't realize that. Hmm. I, I didn't notice him on the field well, that much. And, and something that you, you kind of fell in neglect, too. I mean, obviously you have that big body receiver. What's the first thing you think of? Hello, red zone. Hello, end zone. Let's get him to end zone. But also, from a blocking perspective, in the run game, that's a guy out of like a bunch formation that can maybe do some damage because he's so dang big where in the run game blocking, he might be all right. Here's where I, I do give, again, depending on what you want to believe and hear, Doug Marone said and Dave Caldwell said right before the season started why they made these moves. Like, hey, we really tried to take resumes away and names off jerseys and all that stuff mm-hmm. where you were drafted. And just play the guys that are playing well. Play mm-hmm. guys that earned it. You know, and that's how James Robinson got to be the running back number one. Well, Cole played really well mm-hmm. in August. And their percentage of snaps showed that they trusted him and he had earned the right to get those kind of snaps. I mean, you give them credit. that They're living up to their word of saying, hey, this guy looked good. We're going to play him. Well, we want to see more from them. I mean, yeah. we'll see if that carries on. But they don't. Care. They didn't care that D.D. Westbrook was drafted in the fourth round, had 68 catches last year. They didn't get a chance to see D.D. Westbrook because he was hurt, and or when they did see him, they weren't that impressed with him, yeah. and they they made him inactive. Well, and obviously, I think the injury bug has something to do with that, right? I like think, he, you don't but get he was a fair healthy assessment. scratch by no, definition. No, no, but my point is like. He didn't do himself any favors of being out mostly a training camp. Oh, no, camp. no, true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he didn't have a chance to earn it. Correct, That's fair. correct, correct. But, um, yeah, I mean, Doug Marone sticking to his word, word, absolutely. But at the same time, well, you have to, man, right? Because you can't come out and say that there's an open competition, and then all of a sudden you turn around and say, all right, Didi, well, you're in, Keelan, sorry. You I be, understand. I mean, so, like. But sometimes what people say to the media is coach no, speak. True, My point true. is he wasn't. No, he's, he's being truthful, and obviously that goes a long way in the eyes of the players. I think so, yeah. Well, it means you got a shot. Go earn it, yeah. right? Which is the way sports should be, but it's not always. I'm here to tell you firsthand that it's not sometimes in terms <laughs> I mean, of yeah, really, how locker rooms work. And yeah. so it's very interesting what they do with their wide receiving core. And you like it. I mean, there's a reason to like their – Mitch, you has some things to work with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's difficult for Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. Because if it was me, I'd want to do all that fun stuff with Chenault. But I really want to feed Chark. And I'd like to see Eifert get more involved. Yeah. And then you have all these other guys – and I think it all feeds off one thing, and this is why it worked the other day. James Robinson showcasing that he could get five or six yards at a time, Red sometimes eight. The fact that he showed that, it made Indianapolis respect that and opened up Gruden to be able to utilize all these guys in the course of the game. And so it really does start with what you always say is that run game. But Robinson proven that early on. Oh, was Brent's a huge starting deal. to come around. Brent's starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. Stop no. the run, run the football. Welcome. Good to have you here. What's up? <laughs> I don't dismiss that you have to do that. Uh-huh. 
You're just not buying wholeheartedly into it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they came out against Tennessee and threw the first five times. Well, they might run the ball again, too. We'll see, huh? They might. Yeah. And but would they, you be shocked if they did? Because didn't you think they we, – we said that a bit yesterday, right? Yeah. I'm like – Why'd they just hand off twice in a row? No, I said, I, yeah, you guys are tanking. That's what I said. I'm like, <laughs> you, you, don't even give Gardner Minshew a chance. Just, just, just let him fail. Yeah, there we go. Who's calling the shots? John DiPolipo again? No. So with that being said, yeah, I, mean, I thought for sure it was like a setup. But then it opened everything up. And I'm going to say this, Brent. If, if we, uh, when we turn on that Sunday game, Tennessee, is, is that a 1 o'clock game? Yeah. All right, go ahead and check your local Thanks. listings, everybody. Check your local CBS listings. CBS 47. Check your local listings. Um, we'll turn on that game, and if they start pounding the rock again, and they have success, and they somehow win this game, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I will waive your initiation fee to my cult, and you're going to be the first member of the Run the Football, Stop the Run program I'm going to set up for everybody here. Very good. Welcome. Uh, I'd love to be a part of a cult. Welcome. <laughs> Or a group, or, a, or, a, or a, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'll see if I'll see if the softballers want to come over too. <laughs> but let's just call it a way of life. Let's just call it that. <laughs> hey, we're gonna take a break. We come back. We will talk a little NBA. Am I really excited? Is this still to watch, happening? Am is I really? I'm kind of excited to watch the Clippers and Nuggets play. I know. Like, right? has anybody in the history of sports ever said that? Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I might have the Nuggets tonight too. I might have the Nuggets, Brent. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go that far. Well, let's talk about it. Silent assassin, Kawhi Leonard. Let's talk about it. A little NBA chatter. I'll ditch on the MLB as well. We're getting close to the playoffs. So where are we in the standings? Anybody on the verge of stunningly getting left out? Unfortunately, probably not. (laughs) We'll be back on ESPN 690. I just got here and I come out there and play like that and for the guys that still support me and still have my back was was pretty cool and that's the cool thing about team sports is you know you win and lose in a team you, you win and lose as a team and obviously a position like mine um, everybody sees it when you screw up you know that's why I was you know grateful for the opportunity at the end because the guy you know the guys deserve to win and yeah, I mean, everyone's always supported me. We're all pros here. We've all had, had our days. It's just, you know, with the kicking position, it's it's a very, uh, you know, you miss a couple of kicks. The camera follows you around. They talk about you the whole time. They watch you. and you just, It can get to a lonely spot. You just got to keep your head high and, and, uh, and keep on going. That's Steven Guskowski. He had a rough day. Why did you take off your shoes? <laughs> you see that last night? Yeah. Yeah, he took off his shoes. Go ahead, Tom. I mean, the... Like he needed a couch, huh? Yeah. You need to come on this show and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. You know? We're they, here for you, man. They need like a timeout guy on the sideline yeah. of, in, in Denver yeah. and in Tennessee. They yeah. need a couch. Who was who was the sideline reporter for that one? Was it Michelle Tafoya? No, I don't. I can't remember. Uh, or Pam Oliver? Uh, I can't. What, whoever the sideline reporter was. Oh, Maria Taylor. They asked her, like, hey, Maria, what are you seeing down there from, you know, Guskowski? And she's like, well, I'll be honest with you. Like, he's walking by himself and sitting by himself a lot. He seems to be a little, you know, disoriented. And they show him taking off his shoes. I'm, like, looking at him. I'm is like, he walking out of here? This guy has, like, lost his marbles. <laughs> uh, they actually got to the point where, like, you don't hear this in the national broadcast very much. Where it's like, I think one of them said, I feel bad for him. <laughs> Yeah. Like, seriously, I think they did. Emotion take over like, a little and bit. even in the end, like, when he kicked that, like, you got to feel good for him. You know, yeah, those kind yeah, of things. Yeah. And, and, like, you don't usually hear that in the NFL and a national broadcast. But it was pretty ugly yeah. uh, for Gaskowski. No doubt about this, Jags have a kicking edge. 
You better believe it, <laughs> on man. Sunday. You better believe it. I mean, that's a no-brainer right there. Uh, They've got a kicking I mean, edge. Kicking and punting, if you will. Yeah, you better believe it. Well, uh, I mean, punting, well, you know, we'll see. Yeah, Kern's okay. He's pretty good, yeah. right? Kern's, I, I think, their guy. Yeah. Uh, and you know what's interesting? Uh, Logan Cook got off to a slow start last year. I remember then had a great year. It's kind of off to a slow start this year, too. Uh, yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah. Um, and no punting for <laughs> for uh, the Colts. Yeah, don't need it. That guy, it took a day. What a game check that is. He's still gonna <laughs> just sit on the bench the whole time. Yeah. How about Cincinnati, by the way? They pull a muscle, their oh, guy, yeah. on the well, winning, on the tie and kick. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, well, he went on IR, so. Yeah, he went, I go, okay, so then it was legit. Yeah. Maybe he was in the locker room after with a hammer and hit his hamstring or something like that. Because, like, <laughs> well, that was pretty quick. Well, I mean, it, it, that's me, though. Like, oh, it's a, it's a rough situation to be in, right? When you, when you shake it that bad and all eyes are on you, it'd be like me, like, saying something very regretful while, like, on, on the radio. I was like, I got strep throat or something. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, I tried to do something in that moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, the, the life of a kicker, it's, uh, I guess they, they kind of, Love you until they don't anymore. You know, that's a simple way to put it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, I think that's – it'll be interesting to see. That's in Tennessee's head. I, they haven't replaced them, right? I mean, they haven't made a move there. There'll probably be some tryouts and workouts. We'll, we'll see if they – that's yeah. a tough call mm-hmm. with a guy with a resume like that. And, again, I said at the top of the show, Indianapolis was in that situation last year, and it probably cost them the playoffs. I mean, I think you can clearly say it cost them the postseason um, last year. Wait, did they make the postseason last year? No, they were 7-9. and nine. The Colts, no, because yeah. the Titans yeah, and yeah. Uh, Texans both. So – um, it's you don't want to be giving away games and the king they got lucky they they like should have won probably handily mm-hmm. but at the same time they got lucky they did uh the yeah. titans did unfortunately uh for jags fans all right uh one more look at the nfl coming up but before we do that the nba clippers nuggets tonight yeah game seven yeah who would have thunk it i mean this is back-to-back rallying from 3-1 down for the nuggets kind of a uh gutty team yeah for sure clippers overrated pressure's on la now Oh, you better believe, man. This is definitely their game to win. Uh, he had a couple of days rest. I'm going Nuggets, man. All right? I don't know if it's just because of the bubble and all the chaos this year of the NBA. I don't know if it's because I believe in Jamal Murray and it's like fate that the Denver Nuggets are supposed to win this game. I know it's because Jokic has a couple more days of rest where he should be fine tonight to play, or at least not 100%, but at least better than he has been. I just think that this could be the Dunga, the the, the, the Duggets. This could be the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets yeah, out. This could be the, the Denver Nuggets night. You know, now maybe there's a little hate for me for Kawhi Leonard for what he did the Milwaukee Bucks last year. But I just think that if any year you could see this kind of upset, because it'll be an upset, don't get it twisted, it would be this crazy year in the bubble. What do you think, Driving Dish Podcaster? I can't. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now the Clippers are going to win. Go ahead. I I agree with Austin, although, um, Brent, you may not have been here the day we did it, but Austin and I did, who was our sleeper, and, yep. and Austin had picked the the Mavericks, I believe, and I was saying the Nuggets because... No, they, he, he was here for it. Was he? Yep. Okay, but I was saying the Nuggets because they're so, I mean, they're record-wise, yeah. literally like the third-best team. Like, they are as good as they are looking right now, and some of the players are still developing and getting to where they think they could be, so... Yep. Um, I, I, yeah. I remember that day just because Brent said the most un, or the most overrated team in the in the bubble is the uh, Miami Heat. Yeah, I did. Whoops. Yeah. Well, whoopsies. That was a good prediction. Whoopsies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but even I mean, know if you. It, how upsetting would it be to not have a Clippers Lakers? Like that's literally like they started the NBA season with it because that's what we were working towards. Yeah. Yeah. I you know I get it and you're right there would be it would be major disappointment. This is not. 
it, every call will go the Clippers' way tonight. Yeah, I mean, it it, it, it 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 almost it's terrible spot, but it it could certainly go that way. Like to me, I don't care about that stuff. Like I don't need to see the storyline come through. Mm-hmm. I'm not wrapped up in the storyline as much. Although you're right, I mean, it'd be heavyweight, heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the sport and for the viewer, for everything storyline wise, for all the attention on ESPN, you almost need it. Sure, uh, because and this is why the NBA needs it. Whoever wins, if it is Clippers-Lakers, it doesn't look like it's going to be a super competitive on paper. Now, the Miami Heat's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Celtics are a gutty team as well. Yeah. But on paper, it doesn't look like it's going to be much of a series yeah. in the final. So if you go two series in a row, Western Conference Finals and that, and they you got just, LeBron yeah, and the Lakers. They I mean, they, they carry the weight, LeBron and the Lakers anyway. Yeah. But still, you have potential storyline here that you wouldn't, you don't really want to miss. True. Uh, if you're the league, it would be nice. Major League Baseball winding down in a big way. Uh, are your Brewers even going to make the playoffs? Because the Cincinnati Reds are on fire. I don't know. Are they really? I don't. I don't know. I mean, Gian, you see, speaking of deleting Twitter, you see what Giannis oh, did? Oh boy. See what Giannis did? No. Huh? You didn't? What did I miss? He deleted all the Milwaukee Bucks stuff off his Instagram and everything. Didn't he just have like a three-hour like postseason lunch with the deleted. owner? Or My first thought when I saw that, I was like, it only took three hours. That's a little concerning. Deleted. Well, because he's going on vacation supposedly. They're, they're going to pick things back up so when he, he comes back. So he deleted all the Bucks stuff. See ya. So this is a thing. Un- unfriended all the Bucks players. I'm sure they broke bread together. I'm well, sure yeah, because in that three-hour conversation, they said. If you literally want to make me able to win, you essentially have to trade everyone else because I need a number two, and you let Malcolm Brogdon go, so you have nobody to trade for someone. Why didn't you bring this up 40 minutes ago and we were talking about it? Because I wanted, cause I'm trying, to, cause I'm trying to secrete these memories. I'm trying to get them away. I don't want to think about this stuff. You know how hard is that, is that, a weird visual. That's a, that's a term, right? I just you said know, it right. Yeah. Did I say it right or not? I don't know. Did I say it right? Let's I'm not that. touching it. Let's it's going to be Oh, yeah, but you want to go take a break? Yeah, but you want to go ahead and touch the, the, the P word that you said today. Whether that rhymes with limp. That's good. It's a good thing you had an explanation. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, where is this show going? Yeah, uh, uh, kids are in the car. Yeah, secret. I want to, I want to ooze these memories back in my mind. We're good to go. Anyways, so yeah, so Giannis out of the Kempo, man. <laughs> so it does fit. It fits yeah, perfectly, fits perfectly. Yeah, we, <laughs> like, like I'm an English teacher. Don't yeah, worry about it. What is, we already have come up with intackleable. Intackleable uh, for sure. <laughs> yep, a lot of trademarks going around. Uh, but yeah, so Giannis unfriended everybody in the Milwaukee Bucks, Brent. Wow, I didn't see that. Yeah. God, what is going on here? I want I want I need a marketing person, an agent person. I don't want some there's something to this. Well yeah. Has this story been written? And I just haven't seen it. I don't know. Can like there's agree? a method to this. Can we all agree when we have to sign like a new contract for ESPN beforehand, we're just gonna unfriend all stations and everything. And my contract's up next year. I'm planning to do it, Action yeah. News. Get ready. Uh, I'm just bummed because the Packers look decent. I could care less, man. Wisconsin's I was talking sports, baseball. Brent. Chicago White yeah, Sox are in the lead in the Central, of course. And then Twins the and the Indians. Oakland and Astros. It looks like the playoffs are pretty much set with those eight teams. The Reds are on fire as of late. Easy, bro. Not about on fire. Easy. What else we got? How, how are those athletics looking? That's, here's the fun team, though. San Diego Padres. Yeah. Man, they've been Shadow. great. They've been one nine out of ten. Yep. And the Oakland Athletics are six and a half up. They're going to win the West. Like that a lot? Astros? 
They're under 500. But they're in right now. They're oh, under 500. Okay. They need somebody else to come up and get them. Okay. DJ Stewart's on fire, by the way, too, for the Baltimore. Just keeps hitting home runs. I know. It's good to see. Check right. along, ball. We wrap up with a little more football. Uh, we're going to go good and bad from the weekend of teams in the NFL so I can do my Kyler Murray thing next on ESPN 690. All right. We got some NFL chatter. Get your Kyler Murray fantasy team. I have to deal with that all year. It's hard to be humble. Hard to I be mean, humble on, when dude, you're dropping like, 100. I mean, what did I drop? 170 points, I think. 170 points? That's what I dropped week one. In our league? That is correct. Like, what he did he like, do? Because he had like 90 yards, right, rushing? Yeah, yeah. And it, he didn't have anything crazy passing, did he? Uh, no, sorry. I only dropped 162 yards. Yeah, he had 26 points, Brent. He had some rushes, too. Okay. I mean, I, we, we had Delvin Cook. I had Lamar we, Jackson. We got Josh he had 27 points. You got oh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Hey, taper off just a little bit, man. We had a long season to go. I don't need you getting two touchdowns every single week with Lamar Jackson. But if you want to, man, I ain't going to stop you. Mark Andrews and on pace to get Ruth Chris for me this year after of the season, just like Lamar Jackson was on pace last year. What's up? All right. Uh, How you feeling? Did you win this week? No, you didn't win, did you? No, I haven't. What, what is that like? What does it feel like to lose? How is that? Uh, it's only one way up. From okay, here. there you go. What do you got for us, Brent? Uh, losing uh, builds uh, character. Sure. Um, sometimes. <laughs> How about this, okay? So I get this email today, mm-hmm. and I've never gotten a more conflicted email. I read it to you guys already, but stay with me. So the title says Brett Martineau. I think this is in regards to our TV show last night. So it says Brett Martineau. That's okay. I, people call me that. But then in the in the email, it says, big fan of Brent. Yeah. So we're already conflicted. So right? is, is, is it trolling you? Which one or is it? I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. But it says, big fan of Brent, but his low ball comp, which I appreciate. Thank you. Uh, but his low ball comments on the Eagles' sad loss to Washington was unfortunate. I'm a lifelong Eagles fan, and yes, the game was horrible. I'm also a Jaguars fan, and have lived the year off and on since they got the team. I damn near cried. I think he means because of the win. But they won one game, he says. Hold off on printing Super Bowl tickets. Jeez. And to have fun at former Jaguars players' expense was unprofessional. They are gone. Let them be. But I guess sports broadcasters here to have fun while they can. But after one game, enjoy, guys. We all know you and me, too, will be crying come midseason. Oh, how many Super Bowls have the Jaguars won in the last 20 years? Anyone? Yeah. Hey. Is he roasting us? Pick pick a lane. Pick a side, right? Pick a lane. Either hammer me or or give me a hug. Yeah, but then he's hammering himself. You guys are in the same boat. Then all of a sudden he takes you out of the boat, and now he won a Super Bowl. I mean, it was Brett and Brent? Yeah. There's a lot to dissect there. All right, this, this, this is more than Alan Robinson deleting some some Bears <laughs> pictures. This is like some cryptic stuff we got from this gentleman over here. Uh, how good are you impressed with Arizona? One because of Murray and Hopkins, or two because they beat San Francisco? <sighs> I mean, 14 catches for Hopkins. Both. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm impressed because your starters start- weren't over. The offense wasn't overwhelming, but San Francisco's yeah. defense is good. But you also saw some wrinkles of now what the Kingsbury offense should look like. Right, you saw some interesting formations, things like that, against a pretty dang good San Fran defense. So I'm impressed more with what I saw on offense as just opposed to Kyle Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. I still think they're overrated. That's fine, man. I'll, I'll, I'll keep getting those dubs. I know. Dubs. Gosh, I was hoping they lost that game when I come in here with Mitchu and another oh, win, man. Dubs. Uh, we got to go. We'll be back here tomorrow. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.